Can somebody say the box? Can you look at the presentation and say the box? Say amen. Can we go to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 13 to 14? The book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 13 to 14. It says this, God speaking to his people through the prophet Jeremiah. He says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Can someone say all your heart? All your heart. Now, now let's, 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 let's look at what the Bible is saying. The Bible says that you will find God when you, when you seek him with all your heart. One more time. You will find God when you seek God with all your heart. So it means if you're not seeking with all your heart, it will be hard for you to find God. Now, this, let's continue reading. The Bible says, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Now, this is what happens when you find God. The Bible says that I will bring you back from captivity. Can someone say amen today? Amen. So it means any type of attack the enemy has had over your life. Or even the mistakes that you have made. How many of you know it's not always the devil that's your problem. Sometimes you are your problem. Sometimes the things you are going through are because of you, not because of a demon. So the Bible says sometimes your actions can make you fall into captivity. Sometimes your actions can cause you depression. Sometimes your actions can cause you to be bound by certain things in your life. But the Bible says when you find God, you can find the restoration. But that restoration comes when you seek him with all your heart. He says, I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Can someone say the box? You know, we all have a box in our lives. You know, we come to God and we say, Lord, I will give you all my life. I will give you my whole heart. I will give you everything. But for many Christians, there is a box that God struggles to have access to. There's a, there's a box in your life that, God, you can have everything, but there's this box that must remain closed. And we all have a box. Sometimes in that box, when you open it, you might find some of your pride in there. Sometimes if you open that box, sometimes you find some of the pains that you've been through. If you open up the box, there are certain things that are sensitive to you. And it's easier to bring everything else before God except what is in the box. Can someone say the box? You see, some things are painful. That's why we don't bring them to God. That's why we don't open it up before God because we say, God, you can touch on everything else except those painful things. How many of you know that even painful things can be treated as precious things? That we don't want anyone to know or to touch the pain so we keep it in a box. 
But on the other side, there are the things in the box that are about non-enjoyment. The things that you are enjoying, the things that you like. And you know, we can bring everything else to God except non-enjoyment. Lord, you can have it all except what's in the box. The Bible says in the book of Galatians chapter 6 verse 7, do not be mocked, God cannot be, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. What does it mean? It means God knows you have a box. So you can't fool God coming into church, looking holy, lifting up your hands, being very clean and saying hallelujah at the right moments. Saying amen at the right moments. God cannot be mocked. He knows you have a boss. Now this is a problem for you, not for God. The problem is, he says you will find him if you seek him with all your heart. You will find the restoration if he has all your heart. You will find the peace if he has all your heart. Your problem is the box. Can someone say amen today? Amen. Have any of you ever been lost before? Yes. You've been lost, you're looking around and you, you can't find where you're going. I remember when I was with the apostle in Nairobi, amen. Yes. We're in Kenya, it's not a place that we know. When we stepped into Kenya, we were just treated and looked at as the foreigners, amen. We, 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 we didn't know where we were going. Sometimes we were looking for places to preach, looking for places for the church. And I remember sometimes we would get lost. But there was someone who would say, you know what, if you ever get lost, look for a place called archives. Can someone say archives? archives. You see, sometimes when you get lost, you may not know where you're going, but if you can find something that will show you what you're looking for. Yeah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. We are looking for directions. We can't find the directions. So we look for something that will point us to the directions. Yeah. So we go to archives because at archives we will find direction. It's the same thing as in Cape Town. If you're in Cape Town and you're driving around, you don't know where you're going, you're feeling lost, everybody will tell you, just go towards Table Mountain. Wherever you say Table Mountain, just start going that direction and you will find your way through. So sometimes if you're lost and you can't find your way, you look for something that will show you the way. But how many of you know that that also applies with people? You see, I have a sister. Sometimes if I call my sister, I can't find her. I know I have to call Cuthbert because if Cuthbert, where Cuthbert is, surely my sister will be near. When I call my father or my mother, if I can't get my mother on the phone, I'll call my father because they will most likely be together. Correct? Yeah. But also, how many of you know that there are some people that if you are looking for them, you just have to look for drama. They'll be around the drama. <laughs> you know, you don't know where they are. You don't know where they are. But if there's drama somewhere, they will be near there. So just look for the drama. There are, some, there are some people who just like noise, noise and, and, and having a good time. You just have to look for the noise. You hear noise, you look at the noise and ah, there you are, there you are. You're always with the noise. So 
sometimes when you're looking for something, you can't find it, but you look for something that will always be near that thing. Yeah. You know, the Bible says this. The Bible says that the, the heart is deceitful. So your heart sometimes can lie to you. The Bible says, who can understand it? Sometimes you don't understand your heart. You can say that your heart is for the church, but your heart is not really for the church. Sometimes you say your heart is to, is to tell the truth, but your heart is not really to tell the truth. So the Bible says this, in order to find out where your heart is, Sometimes you can't find the heart, but you must find something that will point you to the heart. So Matthew chapter 6 verse 21, it says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, the thing that you hold close to your heart. And many times, church, the, thing that you, the things we, close, we bring close to our heart are in the box. Because we don't want anyone to touch it. We want it to stay exactly where it is. You see, Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Now, how can you guard your heart if you don't know where it is? Are you following me, church? The Bible says your heart lies to you even. So sometimes you will think your, your heart will be here, but it's not there. But the one way to find it is look for your treasure, and your treasure is most likely in your treasure box. Can someone say amen today? Amen. You see, this is important because everything comes from our heart. Yeah, everything comes from the deep places that sometimes we don't, we even want to keep away from God. You see, there are some even things that you can't even pray about because you've kept them away from God. There's something that God, God can't help you with because you've kept them away in the box. Some of you come to church without the box. You leave it at home. You hear the word. And then you go back home and say, God, I don't want you to touch that topic. I don't want you to talk about that side of things. And that's why, guess what? Your life doesn't change. Because you're not bringing your whole heart. And God says he wants to help you. He wants to heal you. He wants to bring change. But will you bring everything, including the box? Are you hearing me today, church? There's a place in, in Cape Town where it's called the, the V&A, the waterfront. Amen? Has anyone ever been to the waterfront before in your life? We have a, a couple people. Amen? To the, to the waterfront. Said, you can see even the way they lift their hands. Yeah. Yeah. It comes out slow. It's not quick. It's... I've been there. I've been there, Pastor Jay. I've been there. You know? It's a place where many tourists go. It's a place that's quite expensive. You know, sometimes you must be careful at the waterfront because there are some shops that... You, you, the, the price will, 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 will affect your self-esteem. Amen. Like you don't just go into the shop. Like if you don't know the name of the shop, maybe don't go inside. You know, maybe just, just pass it by. Go to the ones that you know and you'll be fine. 
I remember this time I was I was walking in and I didn't see it. I didn't know what the shop was. I was like, what's the shop? Walked in and I was wondering, people are like wearing suits in the shop, you know? They're wearing suits. I'm like, why are they wearing suits? Okay, anyway. So I remember looking at one of the items on the rack and I, I held the price tag. And as I held it, one of the helpers came to me. I says, hey, how, so how can I help you? And I said, oh, yeah, no, I'm just looking at... <laughs> and I look at him and I'm like, at this thing, I'm, just, I'm looking around. And then I'm like, is this the price of this or is it like the price of all of them? He says, no, it's just the price of the jacket. I said, okay. And then, you know, some shops... Can, you mustn't go in them because they're going to make you lie, okay? So I began to say, no, this price is affordable. This is, you know what? What time do you guys close? Around five. I'm coming. I, I'm going to call. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. You begin to lie unnecessarily to the person because of the price. But you know what happens with, with, the, with the money that you see? Often a price tag that is on something, it is not so much about the item, but it's more asking you a question. Yeah. Every time you see a price tag, it's asking you a question. And it's asking you, do you think that this thing is worth this amount? Another way of saying that is, do you think this thing is worthy? Of giving that? Is, it, is this shirt worthy of giving that? And, and I prove it by saying this maybe shoes, you might find shoes that are 5,000 Rand, and you say, I'm not gonna pay 5,000 Rand for shoes. But if someone says, I have a car for 5,000 Rand, you say, okay, I'll give you 5,000 Rand for the car. The reason is you feel the car is worthy. It's more that you have placed worth on a thing that will help you to release something. Am I speaking to anyone today? The Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter 5 verse 12, it says, in a Revelation 5 verse 12, Revelation 5 verse 12, it says, In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive. Can someone say receive? receive. Can someone say receive? receive? One more time, can someone say receive? receive. It says, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive. Power, wealth, wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and praise. The Bible is saying that God is worthy to receive. That God is worthy of the box. God is worthy of you laying everything before him. You see, the Bible, there's, there's a thing in theology called the ascribed the ascribed attributes of God. What, is it? what it means is what you give to God. God is a God of glory, but that's who he is. It's his character. But when the Bible says give God glory, it means it's something that you must give him. So the Bible says that God is worthy of you giving him your power. The things you are strong at, the things you are good at, God is worthy of giving him your power. Are you following me today? Yes. Not the leftovers of your power, but to give God all your power. The Bible says God is worthy of your wealth. He's worthy of your wisdom. 
He's worthy of your strength. He's worthy of you giving him honor. He's worthy of glory and praise. But the question today is when God says, seek me with all your heart. Do you say that God is worthy of you laying everything before him? Is he worthy of you going into that box and bringing those things out and saying, God, I lay them and I submit them to you? Is that where you are at today? Are you following me today, church? There's a, a song by C.C. Wynant called Alabaster Box. And this is where I get the sermon illustration from. Let's look in the book of Luke chapter 7 verse 36 to 39 in the King James Version for this. Luke chapter 7 verse 36 to 39. Luke chapter 7 verse 36 to 39. <clears throat> it says, And one of the Pharisees desired that he would eat with him. He went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. Can someone say amen today? Amen. Often when you read the Bible and you see the Pharisees, we often don't like them. You say Those are the judgmental ones. Those are the ones who are in church and they feel like they have it all together. But what I love about Jesus is Jesus does not choose who he will give his presence to. As long as he is invited into the space, Jesus will come. As much as maybe you'll say they are judgmental, he's their church people who want to add all these rules on people, Jesus will still come to the Pharisees' house if he's invited. You see, that, that's the thing with, with Christians. No matter in a Christian's life, there's always going to be problems. A Christian is a problem. To the person that's true, a Christian is a problem. A, a Christian is a problem. They are a problem, a problem. When you start out with your walk with God, you have come with problems. Amen? Yes. But when you've been in God for a long time, you then have problems again. Because now you're so used to things, you're, 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 you're so used to, you're, you don't have passion for God anymore. You have problems. So God needs to be there for those who've been Christians for a long time. But God also needs to be for those who are still trying to get their feet right. Can someone say amen today? Because sometimes for Pharisees have knowledge but they, have, they don't have understanding. You know, sometimes you can know a lot about God, but you don't understand yeah. things about God. Yeah. And how do I know you don't understand things about God? I look at your life. Yeah. You know, but you don't understand. Yeah. You've heard it so many times, but you don't put it into practice. Mm. Are you following me today, church? Yeah. But sometimes the, the great thing about people who are just starting out with God is sometimes they don't have so much knowledge, but they understand. They understand that God forgives. They understand that He listens when you pray. So in this passage, we see two things happening, but let's continue to read. It says, And one of the Pharisees desired that he would eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she heard that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box 
of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with her the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. Now the Pharisee which had bidden, bidden him saw it, he spake within himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, he would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touches him, for she is a sinner. Can someone say amen today? Amen. As I'm coming to a close, I'm going to ask that the keys just accompany me as we go forward. Amen? amen. We see a picture of a woman who the Bible says was a sinner, but as much as she was a sinner, she could recognize what Jesus was worthy of. Are you following me today? Are you following me today? That she could recognize what Jesus was worthy of. You see, the thing that will transform your life is when you begin to understand what God is worthy of. A thing that will transform your life is when you begin to recognize what God is worthy of. You see, it's like some person who would walk into a shop and, and someone would tell the person, look, this thing is worth, for example, 5,000 rand. And someone says, I'm not going to pay 5,000 rand. But you're missing the fact that this thing is worth that. That if you have this thing, it's going to change your life. It's worth it. The sacrifice is worth it. But we see a woman who is a sinner who many people would say she's far away from God. People would say her lifestyle is bad. People would say she doesn't get it right. But one thing she knew is that Jesus is worthy. One thing she knew is that he's worthy. And there are three things that we see in this passage that the Bible is showing us that Jesus is worthy of. Number one. Jesus is worthy of you being in, an, in uncomfortable places. One more time. Jesus is worthy of you being in uncomfortable places. You see, many Christians think that if it's uncomfortable, God mustn't be there. If I don't feel comfortable there, then I don't think God is there. But I want you to know sometimes God calls you to uncomfortable places. Sometimes God calls you to do uncomfortable things. But he is worthy of it. We see this in the life of Jonah. The book of Jonah chapter 1 verse 1 to 3. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, and said, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. God said, go to Nineveh, but Jonah runs away from God and goes to Tarshish. How many of you know that sometimes God calls you to forgive, but you run away from God and you run into holding a grudge? Sometimes God calls you to serve in his house, but you run away from the Lord and you say, I would rather not serve in the church. Sometimes God calls you to something or to give up something that will make you uncomfortable and you rather hold on to it sometimes. 
you are running away from God and you are missing the fact that God is worthy of you holding on to things and going to places that are uncomfortable. He's worthy of it. He's worthy of it. He's worthy of it. Even if it's uncomfortable, if God wants you in a place or to do a thing and it's uncomfortable, He is worthy of it. You see, what you need to start doing is stop looking at the price tag and start looking at who God is. Stop looking at, oh, I have to give this thing away. I must give my time away. I must give that friend away. I must give that person away. No, look at God because God wants to bring true transformation in your life. Everything in this world can leave you. Everything in this world can go up and down. Everything in this world is inconsistent. But the one person who is God, who will stand in the good times and the bad times, the one who is powerful over all things, says, go to the uncomfortable and I will be with you. He is worthy of it. You see, this woman was a sinner and it must have been uncomfortable going into the house of the Pharisee. Yeah. It must have been uncomfortable going into that place. But she knew that Jesus is there. Amen. She knew that that's where God is. He says, even if I'm uncomfortable, as long as if God is there, I am going to be there as well. Amen. Are you following me today, church? Number two, Jesus is worthy, what we see here, of expensive worship. Jesus is worthy of expensive worship. What does it mean? It means he's worthy of worship that costs you. Are you following me today, church? Are you following me today, church? You see, one thing about the gospel we preach the gospel and the gospel is free. Receiving forgiveness is free. Receiving Jesus is free. But the other side of it is it will cost you everything. Yes. And you know you're walking with Jesus when it's costing you everything. One thing that Jesus does with his disciples, he sees them working. He sees them fishing and he says, leave everything you're doing, come and follow me. He says, come and follow me and I will make you fishes of men. What happened with the disciples? They had to give things up in order to be with Jesus. You see, in this woman's life, we read in Luke chapter 7 verse 38, it says, she stood at his feet feet behind him weeping. Can someone say amen today? Amen. She stood at his feet behind him weeping. You see, many times we have this picture. I'm going to ask Calvin, can you just come up to the front really quickly? Can we clap hats for Calvin as he comes up? like he has a future in modeling, I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll see. But we often, we often have this picture of 
of the woman who brings this, the alabaster box before Jesus. So just, just basically. We often have a picture that what she's doing is she has a box. And we have this picture that what she's doing is she's coming before Jesus like this, before him. But, but if you think she's coming before him, it's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, turn, turn around. The Bible says Jesus was sitting and eating. And the Bible says she comes behind him. And she gets on her knees. And she begins to open up this box and put an ointment over his feet. Can someone say amen today? So Jesus is sitting down. And he's facing forward and she comes behind Jesus. And she begins to weep and pour out worship before him. Now, one thing that the Bible says, the Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8, it says the Lord himself goes before you. You see, many times when you are facing a fight or you're going to have to get into some type of battle, if you are fighting by yourself, sometimes you're fighting someone, but when you have help, the one who helps you goes in front of you. You see, one thing that we have to understand with God is that He promises to go before you. It's not going to be your fight. You see, she was a sinner, but she knew that all she needed was God. And if God is in the picture, He goes before her. He covers her sin. He covers her mistakes. And he worships, she worships from behind Him, knowing that God is in front of her. So it's no longer about her sin. It's no longer about her shame. It's no longer about her past. But it's about Jesus who is before her as she worships before him. The Bible continues to say in the book of Isaiah, chapter 45, verse 2, God says, I will go before you and I will make rough places smooth. I will shatter the doors of bronze and they cut through their iron bars. You know, I, I, I think about the woman sitting behind Jesus, seeing God right before her, knowing that she is a sinner, but knowing that he will fight for her. Knowing he will cover her. Knowing that through him there will be provision and help. And he begins to pour, she begins to pour out expensive things out of the box. You see, many times we, we, we come to Jesus, but we don't bring the box. You see, she could have come just with herself, but she came with the box before him. And say, God, this is the important things in my life, God. This is expensive for me, God. This is costing me. And I'm going to lay it before you. The Bible says that she began to wash his feet with tears. Do you know how much you must cry to wash somebody's feet with tears? Do you know how much you must cry in order to wash somebody's feet with tears? She, she stands before God and she cries. She knows what she's been through. She's desperate for God. 
and she pours out her tears before him. She washes, she wipes his feet with her hair, and then she pours out all that is in the box before God. You can have your seat. many times this is what God is looking for from you. This is what he's looking for from you. He says there's some important things, some painful things in your life. He says will you bring them before him knowing that he will stand before you. Knowing that he's the God who fights for you. Knowing that he's not the God who condemns you. Knowing that this God is a healer. Knowing that he is a God who transforms and restores lives. But he says, bring that box. Bring that pain. And bring that sin before me. Verse 3. I think we see with this woman is, she shows us that Jesus is worthy of, being ex of you being exposed. You see, one thing that you don't often want to do is get exposed. You don't want your things to be out there. You don't want your mistakes to be out there, your pain to be out there. What the Bible says about this woman, it says in Luke chapter 7 verse 39, it says, when the Pharisee which had called Jesus saw this, she, he spoke to himself and said, this man, if he was a prophet, he would know who and what manner of a woman touches touches him because she's a sinner. So what he's saying is, I know her story. I know her story. It's as if Jesus was a prophet, he wouldn't let a woman like this come and touch him. I know her story. But she said she did not care who knows the story. She did not care what people say. If she has to open up her whole life, that God comes inside, she doesn't mind. It's not about the judgment of men. Because God is a God who redeems. God is a God who restores and he cleans us. The Bible says that he separates our sin from as far as the east is from the west. Do you know what that means? The east and the west will never come together. So whether you know my story, whether you know my pain, God has separated me from it all. So you can know it, but all you know is something that's far away from me. This is why the Bible says, come and confess your sin. Bring it to God. And say, God, you are worthy of me being exposed. You're worthy, God, of me opening my life and everything in here coming out. Whether it's the bad things that I've not been talking about, they must come out and I bring them to you. Whether it's the good things that I don't want to be touched, I bring them all out before you, God. Because, God, you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. Church, I want you to know that sometimes your worship is not always a good feeling. Sometimes your worship is painful. 
Sometimes there are times when we are not feeling good. We're in the presence of God, feeling depressed. But God still deserves that worship that is depressed. Sometimes we're in the presence of God and we're feeling hopeless. It does not mean we don't worship Him. It means we worship Him even if we feel like we are hopeless right now. We say, God, you are worthy of it all. Whether I'm at the top of the mountain or whether I'm at the valley low, you are worthy of it all, God. Whatever it takes from my life, whatever it takes from my pain, whatever it takes from my tears, whatever it takes from my victory, God, you deserve it all. The question today is what about you, church? We're reading about a woman who brought her box before God, but the Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 19, verse 16 to 23, it says, just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? What, why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones? He asked. Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall honor your father and your mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, go and sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Then the young man, when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus said to his disciples, truly I tell you, it's hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Can someone say amen today? Amen. You see, this young man had a box. This young man had a box of things that were important to him. Things that were important to him. And Jesus said that you must sell those things. Sacrifice them. Lay them down. And he wasn't, he wasn't willing. You know, some theologians say that in the, in the Gospels, Jesus said, follow me only to his disciples. This is the only other person Jesus said, follow me to. Meaning, they could have been 13 disciples, but one of them said, I'm not willing to give you the box. I'm not willing to give you everything. Church, I, I preach this message to you today. Simply to say that God is worthy. God, that even when you are giving to Him, you see, if we were to all stop worshipping God, God will lose nothing. If you are not a Christian, God is God without you. But your connection to Him will benefit you. worship him you are giving him glory but his glory it overflows back to you when you sacrifice for God when you obey God when you are submitted to God in every area of your life it comes back to you 
heart, I will restore you. The problem with your children is not hard. The problem in your household is not hard. The problem in your mind, it's not hard. The problem in your emotions, it's not difficult. You have to bring everything before God. Look at Jeremiah says, you will seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. I'll be found by you and I'll bring you back from captivity. Church, the sad thing is sometimes when you, are, when you have, a, when you have a, a box, you think you're keeping things safe. But the Bible says that he who tries to save his life will lose it. Do you know why? Because you are, you are not strong enough. You are not consistent enough to handle your own life. It has to be placed in the hand of God. So anything that you are holding in your hands is in trouble. You'll most likely drop it. You'll most likely put it in the wrong place. Hey, you have love. You have your love. You'll most likely put your love in the wrong place. You have ideas. You have vision. You'll most likely begin to chase other ambitions and put it in the wrong place. And find yourself empty. Find yourself broken. But what God says is that that box the things that you're not bringing before him, to lay them before him. Because when it is in his hands, it is in the safest place. But to everyone today, God looks to you and says, will you lay it down? Will you lay it down before God today? Will you bring the box before him? Amen, church. Amen. Will you bring it before him today? You see, for each person in this room, you have a personal decision to make today. See, God doesn't wait for the right time. He doesn't wait for the right week to say certain messages to you. says today he's been seeing things you're keeping away from him and he's not angry but he knows you are hurting yourself he knows you are bringing pain to your future it says bring it all before him Someone say amen to them.